Greetings, all you 2021 people out there. It's now 2021 in the boot. This is the Long in the Boot podcast. I'm your host, G Long. And I'm here as moral support again. <laughs> moral support. I'm, I'm D Long. <laughs> the lovely Deborah sitting across from me. On the uh, co-pilot's microphone. Yeah, because Habs once again. Well, well we're kind of just, you know, we're yeah. just kind of laying low while we wait to see what this uh, COVID thing is going to do. If you'd like to reach Long in the Boot, obviously uh, you can do it by email at longintheboot at gmail.com. And you can also call 337-502-9011 with any kind of message you'd like to leave. I don't even care. Say whatever you want. You can even cuss on that. Really? I don't mind. Yeah, we yeah. Foul language here. is fine. Yes, no, yes. I don't. Well, I can cuss. I could do it. Oh, we know we can. But, uh, well, yeah, I'm good at it. <laughs> uh, but I don't want to if I don't have to because. It's then, not necessary Well, here. then you got to put the explicit language thing oh, on the. yeah. It just, it's what if somebody's listening in the car and they have their child with them? Right. Although I guess our kids heard. mm, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and look how they turned out. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No comment. uh, My kids are wonderful people. Obviously a podcast based right here in the heel of the boot of Southwest Louisiana. And uh, we can all agree 2020. Oh, man, what a year. I think the heel has experienced a stone. (laughs) Somebody's got a rock in their shoe. We definitely have a rock in our shoe. (laughs) Had it for a while. Uh, Just some of the fun highlights of 2020, uh, besides the obvious ones. uh, We had the uh, Australian bushfires estimated to have killed half a billion animals. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was a that was a big one. We had the uh, impeachment fiasco. That was fun there in December yeah, of last a, year. That kind of went into the pandemic. It it yeah, went over the beginning. Just, so as we were going into twenty twenty, we were doing impeachment stuff. It's a distant memory. We had a well. We had the killing of George Floyd, complete with video. Yeah, of basically an eight minute murder. Yeah, uh, that that was uh, of course then led to riots in in major U.S. cities across the nation. Uh, and it wasn't just George Floyd. There was several no, people that were a whole lot of uh, several Black Americans who were killed in very strange. It was the culmination yeah, of, of decades of Breonna Taylor, another innocent that's li- whose life was taken uh, for no good reason yeah, whatsoever. No, not really. An innocent, and uh, and there were others, and it's uh, not much more to be said about that. Uh, hopefully, we can not see that much anymore, but it seems to keep happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have, uh, what do we have? We had the murder Hornets. They showed up in Washington state. Yes. Uh, we had the Hong Kong protest with the Hong Kong crackdown. We had, uh, the big discussion weirdly enough in the news, uh, when Andrew Cuomo came on TV one time wearing a certain shirt, suddenly the question of whether or not Andrew Cuomo had his nipples pierced, was in the news. And, and that mystery was solved. Apparently it was solved. Yes. The uh, governor of New York, that old uh, well, guy. We all know he wasn't always old. And, you know, uh, really, that's just an unfortunate bit of information I could have lived without. Well, I know. And I, I and the, that probably explains all the leather suits he has hanging on the wall at home. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> Do you know this? Fact checker, where are you? <laughs> well, that's uh, what I hear. Anyway, um, <laughs> There was an interesting story about the Bolivian orchestra that was in a castle that got surrounded by wolves and they were trapped. They couldn't get out for a while. Okay. <laughs> so, arr, 
Uh, we had Carol Baskin on Dancing with the Stars. God, oh, that yeah. may be the worst thing of 2020. I don't know that that mm, she, she doesn't she, have any Elvis in her. Yeah, no, and but she did have a pretty good year because they still haven't found uh, any proof that she fed her husband to tigers, which we all know she did. She must have her own iron constitution. That woman. <laughs> Another was, big yeah. moment that's on video is Trump's Bible op, where he had the police. Oh, and he had the Bible the protesters, upside down, and, and he yeah, held it up, yeah. and uh, he didn't open it. Because he wouldn't know what to do with it if he opened it anyway. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's another, your that's opinion, a whole, sir. <laughs> it's my opinion of observing a man for mm, 40 years. 40, yeah. Um, and finally, of course, we have the pandemic you know, with COVID and all that. And then finally, here in the heel of the boot, we had the joy of having not one, but two hurricanes. And we are still kind of reeling from that. Yeah, that's going to be a while. Yeah, we're going to we're going to be a long while. One year never moment. just ends and the next starts up. It's always a, a crossover. It's oh, like yeah. decades. You you one decade doesn't just end at the end. No, but it certainly has uh, made Rita a distant memory. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it it in comparison it helps us go, well, you know Rita wasn't all that bad. Rita wasn't that bad. No, Rita wasn't all that Practically bad. Practically a tickle in comparison. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's your lower half of your sheetrock and redo your floors and carpet and and get new furniture and you'll probably be all right. But when the roof goes, that is a whole nother matter. Yeah. Or a wall and a roof. Or your trees. (laughs) Or your neighbor's metal shed ends up in your, yeah, it's just, nobody got by unscathed here. But it was a boom for, uh, for uh, trampoline manufacturers because they have to replace all the trampolines that went sailing down the road. They don't have to. They seem to though. I know. I, I, Yeah. And, of course, uh, last night, New Year's Eve, I thought, well, there won't be any fireworks. Wrong. No, there was so much wind and rain. I thought for sure they'd stay Well, it's in. good to see people spending that $600 I, I was on say, something I don't useful. Even, I, I'm <laughs> not even sure our neighbors have gainful employment, but apparently they've got enough to buy. They've been running their house off a generator, know, but they were I able know. to have fireworks. Plenty of them. Enough to make us take the dogs to bed with us because one of our two just can't handle the noise. No, it's it's too much, and, and the barking is god-awful. Yeah. So there you go. That's 2020 in a nutshell. And I'm sure there was lots of other bad stuff that happened because, you know, yeah. 2020. And, uh, and we're, apparently we're in a, you know, a surge going into 2021. So we're not starting well. No, not as far as the it, uh, numbers it, go. It did get me thinking about, uh, I've been hearing a lot of people, you know, say 2020 is the worst year in history. And that might be true for well, maybe in your personal. In, yeah. Memory. In your, in your world, yes. uh, is 2020 the worst year in history? I'm going to go ahead and say no. Mm, no. And I started looking at other years that were considered at the time to be the worst year in history. And you were there. <laughs> there were a bunch. Uh, obviously, when the Roman Empire fell, those people probably thought it's a bad year. Yeah, yeah, they probably. <laughs> you know, when the barbarians were killing a person's entire family in front of their eyes, they probably thought, you know, this year could have been better. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Black Plague, when it came through in the 1300s, I am sure that as the guy hauling the cart with all the bodies on it, yes, when, to bring out your bring dead, out guy. Your dead yes. he was probably going, you know. I wasn't expecting this year to be quite so bad, but uh, in, in fact, well, no, it was, actually for him, wasn't it a boon? I guess it was a <laughs> new business, it's new business. <laughs> I've got a new business. Well, wait, does he get paid for picking up bodies or um, is it a public service? Well, yeah, you had to, I think, I think he did get paid. He had to, yeah. And then the question of course is where did they go? Did they just dump in a big pit or did they use them for, uh, you know, some other purpose? Oh, pit. 
Because, yeah, probably. Yeah, pit outside of town. I hope so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I hope it was a pit. I hope it was a pit. I hope they didn't take them to like the tannery and just render them down into something to make leather. <laughs> mm, Soylent green. Yeah, <laughs> little crackers. Uh, anyway, um, but I came across, uh, finally the, the thing that stuck out for me that at least reasonably close to our time, I mean, we could say the depression was a bad time and, and, uh, obviously the, the world wars were bad. Those were bad years, but it's the year of 1815 and 1816. Actually, I guess it's two years, but again, a crossover. Yeah. 1816 is, uh, the year that was affected. What actually caused 1816 to be one of the worst years in history started in 1815, but it took a little while to kind of unfold. Um, so just always kind of my theory is always once you get away from something, get some time, you can look at and see that maybe what's happening now is not as bad as it could be. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, there's a uh, there's always somebody worse off. There's sure. always something worse. So in measurement terms, it makes you feel better. I guess. Uh, I don't know if it makes you feel better. It makes you appreciate what you have more, what you have. The, the, and there have and it should also kind of let you know that it could be much worse. Well, I think we recognize that. And we've all just been kind of waiting for the much worse. I don't know. I think some people don't. I think a lot of people who don't really look at history kind of just only view the oh, now. Oh, they don't, the, you the gotta, bubble you, of now. You've got to take more of a big picture. You've got to step back and kind of open up the lens a little bit and look around because I can see where you might say, man, this is horrible. And I can't imagine. Well, yeah, but if you read any history at all, you can pretty quickly yeah, realize you know that, that it's been 2020 a, is a bad year, but it, there's been a bunch of worse. And, and yet all the people that it took to get you here and be alive for 2020 Survived. That. Survived. Yeah. Yeah. Survived that they survived too. all of them. Every bad year in history that could have wiped you out with one missed coupling. Exactly. <laughs> didn't well, happen. And we have had a lot of coupling during this past year. So that will result in a. Have we? There have been a lot of couplings. Yes. You think so? My Facebook is full of pregnant girls. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are going to be babies galore. You think? They're all wet. Yes. Hmm. What? I don't know. Quarantine keeps people. Yeah, locked up. but I don't know. Well, there might be a lot of babies, but I don't know if it's going to keep up with the. Uh, oh, with the death rate. Yeah, the I was just reading a minute ago, looking at numbers, and it's it is kind of weird that the number of estimated people who have died this year is actually right at the same level as last year. And you know, I, I would have thought, well, all these COVID deaths would be on top of mm-hmm. who would have died normally, but now it's to me at least, it's starting to look like the COVID deaths simply kind of. I guess sped up or, or they say COVID related death. So, so you probably had something else that could have killed you, but COVID sped it up. Yeah. Something, but Um, I would have at least expected, you know, a hundred thousand, 200,000 more more than the average. Because we lose on average this past year before COVID, we were losing 8,000 a day. Okay. Just on an average day. Across the country. Yeah. Okay. About 8,000 a day. And Right. Judging from what I just read, uh, this year we lost about eight thousand a day total. But they're all in the hospital. No, they're not. That's the weird. Well, thing. that's what I'm. I'm curious. Then why are the hospitals full and overrun? If it's the same number, something something has changed. Well, I'm not the saying that that there aren't hospitals that are packed and overrun, but I also don't know how this all plays out. Like well, I know in some states. 
Hospitals can't add ICU beds without good reason because it would uh, involve crossing like a territory with another hospital. And states, and I'll speak about Washington states, I know how that works. You have to get approval to increase the number of ICU beds in your hospital. And it's a process. It takes time. Hmm. And if you are, if it looks like you would take patients from another jurisdiction, most time they tell you no. So they're like unionized. They have, <clears throat> they have territory. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, is everybody in the ICU? Every single person got COVID. I would hope that there'd be people in there. Well, not hope. I don't know how you say it, but I would hope there'd be people in there that have like heart problems, cancer. Well, again, but then they, if they die and they tested positive for COVID, we know that that is also deemed a COVID related death. I mean, they. Right. And, and so that's, yeah, it's all hinky. And the, and the, the test thing. Basically uh, we've all become suspect of everything that we're being told. Right. And, and we're, none of us are experts and, you know, even the experts don't seem to know anything. We got Fauci this week admitting he's been lying all the time about what it would take to get herd immunity. He, He said it. I'm yeah. not, not yeah. lying. He he actually said it. Yeah, I lied. Yeah. Oh, he he said I oh, wait. Uh yeah, I moved the goalposts. Yeah, that's called lying. <laughs> <clears throat> nice. All right. So so <clears throat> anyway, what about this 1815? 1815. Everything Who tried to kill who? <laughs> well, it turns out that the earth oh. tried to kill us. Oh, Mother Nature again. Yeah, she, you know how she is. And uh, rearing her ugly head again. Yeah, there's a volcano out in Indonesia called Mount Tambora. It actually used to be about a third higher than it is now. Fact checker says it's not. Well, she's wrong in this case. And uh, it was a dormant volcano up until about 1812 when it started to rumble. Hmm. And everybody went, well, it's rumbling. No big deal. Hmm. You know, a little rumble. What can it hurt? Yeah. And it continued rumbling up until... April 5th, 1815. April 5th. All right. In 1815, April 5th of 1815, it exploded with an ex, uh, a sound that was so loud that it was heard 1,600 miles away. Wow. Who documented that 1,600 miles away? Uh, lots of people documented it because all of the European um, powers had colonies mm. in that part of the world. Okay. So... There were a lot of people that that noticed it. it. A good good example is uh, there was a British officer who was about 600 miles away. Uh, The first explosions we heard on this island in the evening of April 5th were noticed in every quarter and continued at intervals until the following day. Oh, wow. The noise was, in the first instance, almost universally attributed to distant cannon fire, Hmm. so much so that a detachment of troops was marched in the belief that a neighboring post was being attacked. And along with the coast, boats were in two instances dispatched in quest of supposed ships in distress. So they armed up, getting ready to go back. They fight. thought they were going to war. Oh, wow. Uh, they And apparently these uh, explosions continued over several days, and then the ash and the pumice began to fall. Yeah. Pumice being the, the little tiny, teeny tiny rocks that we... Uh, that we all bring together into a little bar form so that ladies can exfoliate their feet. <laughs> Correct. It fell, uh, the original pumice fell in an area 3,200 miles across. Wow. And at the closest to the volcano, 50 centimeters deep, which is eh, 30 inches. Wow. Okay. And 3,200 miles away, it was about an inch deep. Little rocks. Tiny rocks. Everywhere. And the ash 
began falling and it, it actually fell over a larger area, uh, little flakes of ash. And, but more importantly, when the volcano exploded, it sent up aerosol particles, yeah. aerosolized particles into the sky, high up into the atmosphere. I wonder what the people that far away thought. They must have just been flipping out. Well, apparently, as far away as a thousand miles, they could smell it. Mm. And it was a, they called it a nitrous odor, which uh, sulfurous is the best description of it. And it was, they called it an ash veil. And it was, uh, they described the rain that began falling as tephra tinged, which is a yellowish reddish. Yeah. So nasty. Well, that must have been a little disturbing for people who were uncertain of what was going on. At least we get instant in- information about what's happened or what is happening, and we can make sense of it. But they must have been confused. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they were. Uh, an estimated 41 cubic kilometers of stuff was ejected, which would weigh today about 10 billion tons. Mm, like our debris. Yes. Uh, it left a caldera measuring. Five miles across the top of the mountain. And before the mountain, it was 1,400 feet tall. After the explosion, it was 9,000 feet tall. It lost 5,000 feet from the explosion. That's a big explosion. That's a big explosion, and it had to go somewhere. Uh, Everything I read said uh, it was 10 times the magnitude of Mount St. Helens. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and the area that it covered with ash at the beginning would have covered the entire western United States from the Rockies all the way to the Pacific. So how does something of that magnitude affect <clears throat> weather and Well, that's kind of the fun of this thing. Every, um, the people, the environment. You kind of have to track it from where it happened out out because it takes time to to work its magic. And why would that have caused the worst year? <laughs> well, um, do tell Glenn. First, let's just talk about the area where it happened, the Indonesian region. In their vicinity. Right. 100,000 deaths, 40,000 almost instantly. Okay. Ensuing tsunamis would have devastated islands, so we don't know how many people were lost there because yeah. they just wouldn't have had you wouldn't records. You would have had records. Or, you wouldn't have counted them. No. It wasn't like Galveston where you actually had people coming along and, and documenting. The Most of the documentation comes from British, Dutch, and uh, uh, British, Dutch, and Spanish, or I mean, sorry, Portuguese colonies, colonies okay. and stations and the, describing it. Immediately after, a lieutenant who was with the Army detachment that had been sent out when hearing the explosions, uh, he wrote in his memoirs, On my trip towards the western part of the island, I passed through nearly the whole of the island. The extreme misery to which the inhabitants have been reduced is shocking to behold. There were still on the roadside the remains of countless corpses and the marks of where many others had been interred. The villages were almost entirely deserted and the houses fallen in. They'd collapsed because of the weight the of, weight the, of, of the, the pumice. Yeah. The surviving inhabitants had dispersed in search of food. Since the de- eruption, a violent diarrhea has prevailed in the area, which has carried off huge numbers of people. It is supposed by the natives to have been caused by drinking water, which had mm-hmm. been impregnated yeah. with the ashes. And horses have also died in great numbers from a similar complaint. And what they were seeing was the beginnings of a typhus epidemic. Oh, and it caused typhus to run rampant within a very short amount of time, 100,000 estimated to be dead from starvation, 
dehydration, and all the other fun things that come with basically this kind of event. So in that area, that happened almost immediately, but that was 1815. Yeah. Well, then... 1816 rolls around. And by then, all of the aerosolized sulfur particles were up high in the atmosphere. Okay. And that began the year known as 1800 and froze to death. <laughs> that was that was the headline? Well, it was later. Yeah, but um, they didn't realize it yet. And it's really, 1816 is the, the worst year, but it lasted for two years after that. So, okay. But anywhere in the world in 1816, it meant you were hungry. Didn't matter where you went. Across the globe, harvests perished in frost and drought and were washed away by flooding rains. This this cloud of aerosolized sulfur blotted out the sun. Oh, so they didn't have spring? There, not only did they not have spring, they didn't have summer. And, and I'll get to I'll get to that in just a second. So they planted their crops like normal, thinking that that spring exactly. was going to happen, and they they but, get them in the ground at the beginning of spring. But, and you think, okay. And we might have a late freeze or something. Sure. But, okay, but that didn't occur, didn't occur. First of all, the entire world, for the most part, depended on subsistence agriculture for survival. The vast majority of people lived harvest to harvest. Yeah. It's like paycheck to paycheck now. If you missed a harvest, you were screwed. And there were no safety nets. Not yeah, really. And yeah, nobody's coming to feed you. And For us, uh, it's the trucks. If the trucks don't come, <laughs> we live truck to truck. At the yeah, the, the, the ensuing... Famine that's going to come from this was actually already begun during the Napoleonic Wars in Europe. 1815 was the, the end, end of the of Napoleonic it, yeah. Wars. Finally, people could get back to farming and planting. We're going to have normal again. We're, it's going to be normal. We're going back to normal. Oh, yay. And then, boom, this happens. And in seemingly a small region of the world that shouldn't have affected <laughs> everybody. Yeah. You, yeah. Who, who would have known? And so you get this, these stories coming out of all of this that are really crazy. In Europe, for example, the, uh, in Europe you had desperate, desperate times. Crops failed in the ground. Wheat wouldn't grow. Oats wouldn't grow. It was cold throughout. The, the Thames River actually froze in London, which never happened. Mm. And uh, they had riots in cities across, across Europe. And, of course, the friends of famine known as cholera and typhus began stalking the globe. And, in yeah. fact, there was a cholera and typhus epidemic that covered the map from India all the way across Europe and uh, the Middle East. Typhus and cholera killed countless tens of thousands of people. And they just died in their homes and in the they streets. They just died. And yeah. And, of course, most of these people were poor. Yeah. We have no record of them. We just have to estimate and so we don't really know how many millions of people died from this at one. So volcano. you mean they weren't getting daily updates? On no, the they didn't have. They didn't have the handy evening news. And <laughs> the Germans had riots all over the place. In fact, so many horses had to be put down that horse meat became a staple for diets for a oh, lot of people. Wow. And it in fact led one German to develop the prototype of the first bicycle. For transportation. Oh, because they had no horses. The velocipede. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was that bad. There were the horses, they couldn't feed them. Yeah. If you had oats, you certainly didn't you give them to your horse. You weren't giving them to the horse if you needed to eat. And uh, this entire situation happened in Ireland. It happened in Britain. It didn't matter where you went in Europe. 
famine was there. And in, of course, it's going to affect the United States well, yeah. as well. Well, first off, I would think a lot of those people would have tried to come to the States. Well, it did It did cause it that. that that's the beginning of European migration. Yeah, to the... Voluntary European migration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was also surprised the reading about the British and their reaction to this because they had so many riots and so many... Um, problems, criminals were rounded up and shipped to the colonies. And many of them came to the, the U.S., uh, or I say the colonies. By then, we were a country. Yeah. But they were still shipped. What they were done was they were shipped to Canada. And then, of course, many of them made their, way yeah, made their way down here. Sure. Yeah. All ended and, up in Georgia. And then lots of British people ended up being sent to uh, Australia mm. as well. Criminals. Yeah. yeah. You know. The weather in the United States was absolutely nuts, just like it was everywhere else. I have a uh, let me let me pull up my my happy my happy information here. Uh, Why is it happy? <laughs> because there's these woodcuts of people looking all sad and miserable, and it, they're, they're very cute. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, temperatures dropped to as low as 40 degrees in July and August. In Connecticut, for instance, where in July and August, it's not normally 40 degrees. Um, This is also known in the Northeast for a long time as the poverty year. Oh, yeah. Crop failures across the United States. At this time, by the way, the United States pretty much consists of everything east of the Appalachians. They really haven't started moving west yet. This is going to cause them to do that. People moved from uh, states like Maine. And Vermont, New York, New Hampshire. New Hampshire, all those eastern states that had really cold weather mm-hmm. in 1816 during that summer, they began moving west and began settling the upper Midwest, states like Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, Assuming that Ohio. it was going to get better there, it would be well, better. they expected the weather to get warmer, mm-hmm. and they expected to have better fertile soil, Yeah, which in fact they did. That's one of those weird kind of things. But it also uh, changed the direction of the government, too, for getting those areas settled mm, yeah. and expanding so the they, size yeah, of the United representation States. representation because now they have population. Now, the, it says, to this day, scientists don't agree on what caused the bizarre weather. Well, uh, It was a little earthquake. It was aerosolized <laughs> particles in the atmosphere is, in fact, what it was. It caused uh, changes. But uh, this, this article was written quite some time ago. Science got a better handle on it. Oh, now. okay. There were warm days. There, there were some warm days. But the problem was the cold snaps kept happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, an example is, uh, the one example is from the Farmer's Almanac. April 24th, it is 74 degrees. All right. Normal. 30 hours later, on April 25th, it is 21 degrees. Oh, man. So, yeah, there's really no time to get a crop in the ground. <laughs> a 55-degree yeah. drop. I mean, you're talking 21 degrees, that's hard freeze. And if you've got crops, fresh crops in the ground in April, which you would, yeah, it's not, they're done. Yeah. And uh, they started noticing, you started seeing these uh, people in their diaries saying the vegetation does not seem to advance at all. On May 12th, freezing temperatures from Canada killed buds on fruit trees across the country. They lost huge numbers of fruit trees in Canada. They had in May, (laughs) they had ice so thick in upstate New York and Maine that you could skate on it. Oh, wow. And at the end of May, a free a hard freeze came and destroyed corn crops across the Northeast. Mm. Six inches of snow fell in, on June the 6th across New England. 
Freakish weather. Freakish isn't even the word. Yeah. You got these guys, uh, another guy who uh, named Chauncey, who uh, had to go to, he was talking about how he had to go to work wearing heavy woolen clothes and mittens oh. in July. In July. Wow. So the they, in fact, in Boston, Massachusetts, they had the uh, 18 inches of snow in June. Mm. <laughs> Birds, and this is my favorite. Frozen birds dropping from trees. Oh, my God. (laughs) Some Vermont farmers who had already shorn their sheep for the spring tried to tie their fleeces back on, but most froze to death anyway. Oh. Little naked sheep freezing to death. That's so sad. That is sad. And, of course, then besides all the snow and ice, rain. And apparently it rained constantly. But one of the weirdest things that they talk about in here is the dry fog. The fog dimmed the sun so much that people report they could look at the sun with the naked eye. Wow. And actually make out sunspots on the surface of the sun. It's like a Stephen King story. Yeah, it would have been terrifying. All of this was caused by aerialized sulfur and it basically just they, blankets the... Yeah, but they didn't know that. They would have assumed it was the end times, I would guess. Oh, by the way, just for fun, I should point out that China is experimenting with controlling the weather <laughs> using aerosolized sulfur in the atmosphere. That's a fact. <laughs> Look oh, it up, kids. okay. <laughs> and they'll discover it uh, works in 2021. <laughs> uh, in the United States, uh, June 22nd, and here, here's a weird one. June 22nd, temperatures reached 101 degrees in Salem, Massachusetts. Well, there you go. That's normal. That's normal. Three days later, it was 30 degrees. Oh, my God. But July 4th was cool. Chauncey wrote that it was hard to feel patriotic while watching men play in overcoats. Oh. Then a northwest wind brought a three-day cold spell, and the temperature dropped 40 degrees. Boom. That is very similar to Louisiana weather, though. We, we would all agree here that, yeah, one day we're in, in shorts and flip-flops sweating our butts off. and, and Now, besides and all the crops. Next 12 hours later, we're freezing. Yeah. and But besides all the crops failing, that means the animals are going to fail. Yeah. Because you got nothing to feed them. You can't feed them. And these are, again, mostly subsistence farmers. And so you had whole families that were starving. And guess what? Famine, famine shows up. Typhus and Typhus cholera and show cholera up with show it, up as well. and that began happening across the uh, across the United States. Well, the, across uh, the world. <laughs> now, here's what's weird: when the rain stopped, it stopped for really long periods. Oh, of now time. we have drought. It goes back and forth: they, massive drought and then massive flooding. Yeah, and of course, then you've got the problems of probably trees falling yeah, over. We yeah, should all loose understand soil that. And, and landslides, mudslides. And now, of course, many people in the, in the United States believe they understood exactly what was going on, that it was God's judgment. Oh, sure. Because, <laughs> sure. you know, God's judgment. New Hampshire Governor William Plummer believed the weather was God's judgment on the earth and urged people to humble themselves for their transgressions. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're blamed for the COVID spread. I mean... And every time the temperatures would warm up, everybody would think breathe a was, sigh of relief, yeah, think, think that, that it was, was over. Uh, so in early August, when farmers start thinking about planting those fall crops, mm. they had a hard frost in the first week of August. To let them know not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare go out there and uh, plant. Again, and, you know, crops are going to fail. It got too cold too fast. Nothing grew. And in fact, uh, one of the things I found very interesting was 
most trees in New, New England that still exist from that time period, there is zero growth between rings mm. for the years. For like 1816, like, 1817. Experts can't tell. They, yeah. they can't, there's like not a ring there that should be there for that year. Malnutrition essentially for the tre- them. The trees were mal, well, they didn't get any sun. Yeah, they didn't get any sun. They- so zero tree growth. Hmm. Isn't that weird? No, it's sad. <laughs> it's all sad. Well, it is. It's all. It's all very sad. And, and it and must it, have been very confusing for them. And we don't. And we, we can't really understand what must have been going through the minds of these people because they didn't. First of all, no news. Yeah, they had no, many of them probably had no idea their volcano yeah. had gone off on the other side of the planet. And you just keep thinking that the weather's going to it's going to improve. So now we're in August. We're going to go into the winter, right? Having never Nothing. gotten out of the winter. And, and they did, and there's no food in the storehouses, and and the price of food. Oh yeah. Also, you have to remember too. This is a time when you had to have actual coin, yeah, to buy things. No credit, no, no credit, and no stimulus package. So six hundred dollars would have done those people a world of good. Oh yeah, that would have. Oh, absolutely. Unlike today. But. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is that that nobody had ever experienced anything like this uh, in memory for those people. Yeah. And nobody knew what to do. One of the things, luckily, I was reading about one farmer. He had decided to start trying to plant rye. And apparently rye is very hardy to cold temperatures. And he was able to save his family and his neighbors with rye. rye. Okay. And in fact, he was so well thought of in New Hampshire. Reuben Witten is his name. When he died in 1847, all of his neighbors are paid for a gravestone and erected a monument that read, a pioneer of this town, cold season of 1816, raised 40 bushels of rye on this land, which kept his family and neighbors from starvation. Wow. So, I mean, that's saying something. Well, and that shows you the ingenuity. I mean, at some point you have to come around to the the positive things that came out of something so tragic. I mean, yeah, we do have positives that have come out of this last year. It has changed the structure of society. Obviously, things had to change for the world at that time, too. So- yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and it changed. It even changed nature. Certain fish, certain animals kind of disappeared in that region for quite some time. It was reported that raccoons, rabbits, squirrels, hedgehogs had all vanished from the land. Wow. People were eating them. Yeah. Uh, mackerel. The fish uh, was fished out. Many of the places that had mackerel were completely fished out. Even pigeons, which were everywhere, were suddenly, very sparse. Suddenly disappeared. They were very sparse. You're not sending a message to anybody. <laughs> In September of that year, it got so cold that apples on the trees froze solid. Mm. They were eating nettles. Ooh, <laughs> There you go. Oh. Nettles. Yeah, that is pretty bad. Yeah. But... Much like today, there is one really interesting <laughs> side note to this, which kind of surprised me, but then again, maybe not. The year without summer was great for maple syrup producers. Hmm. Apparently, the trees produced syrup year-round that year uh, <laughs> because well, it they, stayed yeah, cold. Yeah, because it stayed cold. And what allowed the people not to starve to death that had maple syrup is they traded it for mackerel, which might explain what happened what to happened? all the mackerel. Yeah. So. Syrup on mackerel? Is that a good dish? (laughs) You might think, well, what about Congress? Certainly Congress would have done something to help the people of the United States at this time. After all, much smaller country. They were closer to the people, right? Yeah. Members of Congress seemed insensitive to the suffering of the people. 
Huh. Wow. That's weird. Not huh. like today. Not like today, exactly. And they voted to double their salary. They doubled it? <laughs> they doubled not their even, salary. We're not even going to play around. We're just going to to double it? <laughs> they oh. doubled their own salary. Okay. Well, did did the people send them a message when Well, it turns out, even without around? the news, yeah. that got out. <laughs> got that out. word got out. Uh, didn't go over too well. 70% of U.S. representatives were voted out of office the very next election. Hallelujah. Including Daniel Webster. Really? Yeah. He voted himself in the... Uh, he sure did. So the 30% that didn't get voted out were the ones who didn't vote for the raise, I guess? Um, I probably, they're probably Southerners, because this... Apparently in the South, it affected the South, too, mm-hmm. but mostly in the form of rain. Yeah. It, it didn't destroy the crops, but it did cause problems. Yeah. Uh, some mass flooding and things like that. Oh, Michelle, we're used to that. But a, a side note from all of this, though... Josiah Miggs was the commissioner uh, of the land offices in the U.S. government at that time, and he ordered that a more systematic approach to observing weather phenomenon begin. Oh. And he ordered that the 20 land offices in the United States begin taking thrice daily recordings of temperature, wind, and precipitation, uh, which was the beginnings of, the of keeping track yeah. of weather. In a, on a scientific basis. And which you get a lot more of if you read Isaac Storm you, you, sure. for the Galveston hurricane. Obviously, people here were – they didn't, we didn't have the problem with riots that they had in Europe in cities. Because yeah. in Europe, you had cities that depended on the agriculture to keep them alive. Yeah. In the United States, there weren't any cities to speak of. There were larger townships. You know, yeah, New York was a city, but it wasn't. Centuries of, of – yeah. Growth. Yeah. I mean, you, you – even the largest city, uh, New York or Philadelphia, you didn't have to go hardly at all out of town to see farmland everywhere. So it wasn't like Europe. Yeah. In Europe, you had major cities. Sure. And they couldn't be provided with their sustenance, and it caused problems and riots. And uh, But it also caused Britain to begin forming a public health department, and it's the beginning of organized health services. Yeah. In England. So it does change society, as any year of craziness does. Yeah, so, when you, when there's a crisis, people look to solving sure. that crisis and what can we do better next time. Just like <clears throat> what they said with Rita. Rita taught us so much about what was going to be necessary in the aftermath, and we made changes. People were allowed to come back to their homes this time, uh, you know, when they asked to evacuate and people were told you will be allowed back in. They left. They they left this time. And it was good to leave. It, <laughs> it, was, it was definitely good to leave. It was good to leave. And I'm going to wrap this up with the, the, the year of 1816 by talking about somebody who had visited the Northeast and after the first summer into the fall and people were becoming desperate. And this man by the name of Samuel Goodrich wrote, at last a kind of dis- despair has seized upon the people. In the pressure of adversity, many people have lost their judgment, and thousands fear or felt that New England was destined henceforth to become part of a new frigid zone. In other words, they lost their judgment and believed that this would be the way it was going to be always. always. Yeah, Sounds a little bit familiar, people losing their judgment. The fact is that other things were blamed for this too, by the way. Many people blamed Benjamin Franklin's lightning rod experiments for changing the weather. <laughs> he had done it years well, before. You're going to grasp at anything. And if the lightning rod is there, you're um, going to grasp at that. I the big think, one I was, of course, the wrath of God. Yes, that was the yeah. one that really. Well, because um, it's all encompassing. It covers everything. Yeah. But anyway, and and so 
you know, it, 2020, it's bad. It's bad. It could be so much worse. Well, um, yeah, watching your family starve to death is... In, watching uh, your family, not, a, not just your family, but your entire livelihood. Yeah, everybody. And we do have, that's happening know. to people. It is. But in this time, it, at least at that time, it wasn't forced upon them by some entity like the government. Yeah which is what's happening today. We have a pandemic, we have this virus, but the people losing their livelihood and losing things they've built over many years. It's not a result of the It's not a result of disease. the pandemic. It's a result of somebody in power saying, "Hey, you close your doors by order of me." Yes. For and, the public health good. Yeah, for the public good. But as it turns out, it hasn't made a difference. The fact is that if you look Across this country, the places that most obeyed the rules, wore masks, stayed home, social distanced. Oh, California. California being a perfect example, have it worse than anywhere else when it comes to positive mm -hmm. cases. Why is that? Well, because we couldn't be like New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cut everything off. Yeah, yeah. The fact is that we were, we were lied to over and over again. We kept getting information that countermanded previous information yeah, and they made us more confused. They made everybody more confused Which and more angry. It makes you angry. Exactly. And caused people across this country to lose their businesses and the ability to support their own families. They imposed basically the things that mother nature caused to happen in 1815 and 1816. And now they've imposed that kind of stuff on people in America today. It's, it's really kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, and uh, well, across the world, it is global. It is global. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's going to come of it? Well, positive things. There were some positive things we, that we discussed some of, oh, the, yeah. some of the changes that came out of that, that taught people, you know, to do better next time and to, to com come up with new inventions, to create new things, to help, to change and move and be prepared start for something over. like that. Yeah. Move. Start uh, again. You had uh, the beginnings of healthcare in Britain, government, well, government regulated healthcare, I guess. I would you could assume say, we got art and literature out of all of that. No uh, we did. Well, that, I'll wrap that up in just one second. So before we move on to the very end of this and the last thing I want to talk about, what do you think? Will we look back on 2020 in 10 or 15 years, 20 years, and see the good that came out of it, or will it all be bad? No, no, we can't live like that. I don't think humans can stay in that in that frame of mind for, you know, a long time. You have to. Because there's to, a lot of negativity out there. Well, there is a lot of negativity. I, you know, I noticed my Facebook got a little more positive, though, after the election. Yeah, I guess mine did, too. It, it kind of uh, shifted. We shifted to, you know, other things. Well, as time goes by and as I get, I don't know, I guess closer to death, I kind of find myself more and more uh, viewing the world as something that, we really don't have any control. Well, yeah. Individually. <laughs> we have control over our own actions. And the decisions we make. The decisions to, we make. To leave the... The ways we treat others. To leave the hamburger patties in the freezer when we go camping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? They stayed frozen. <laughs> they, they did. It's a positive note. They didn't go bad. <laughs> and it was a good meal when we got home. <laughs> and uh, and we were tr and we were treated by our, our neighbors. <laughs> our neighbors with some, with some other uh, meat. So that, good that, things. That helped us out. Yeah. Good things. Good things. People will feed you now. Yeah, uh, they, they certainly will. The thing is, that's how I'm going to continue to look at 2020 as bad as it's been. I continually go back to thinking of those people coming out of the devastation of two the, hurricanes. The year of, yeah. 
and literally setting up tables and preparing food within 24 hours of a land being laid waste and, and by wind. And knowing what was necessary, what people needed. And now we're still trying to get houses for people. Now it's, it's, it's housing. Yeah. One of the things we got out of the year of uh, 1800 and froze to death <laughs> was literature and art. If you go and get online and just find paintings produced by whoever, it doesn't really matter. During that time frame, across During the those world, three years, yeah. you will see the most brilliant sunsets yeah. and sunrises with lots of reds and yellows. That's real. Yeah. Cause they would, that's what they, they were, were seeing, seeing those colors and, and it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I thought that was really interesting. That's what man does. We, we turn inward, we examine and, and then we create. That's true. We do. Uh, something else that came out of that though was in literature. And I thought, I thought it was really interesting. So I definitely took it and wanted to hang on to it. But of course now I've got to find it. Well, those people had to go inside too. They did. <laughs> they, three, three Brits, three Brits, three Brits, three Brits. Is this the beginning of a joke? Three Brits <laughs> walk into a bar. Two, two men and a lady. Is this all, pumice all on the bar? <laughs> they, uh, well, first they went to Geneva. They were in Switzerland and Switzerland suffered horribly during all of this because of rain. They yeah. were up in the mountains. Cold wasn't their problem. It was rain. Oh, okay. Lake Geneva flooded horribly, but staying in Geneva were the Shelleys along with Lord Byron. Mm -hmm. uh, we won't get into their relationship. Uh, clearly it was obviously it was a modern, different. It was a modern type of relationship. <laughs> it certainly was. It's complicated. As we know, uh, Mary Shelley wrote uh, the modern Prometheus. Young, yes. Frankenstein. Frankenstein, but it's the modern Prometheus. That's the name. Yes. And Frankenstein's not the right, monster. People. Jeopardy and, uh, <laughs> will not give you credit for that. But one of the things that, uh, as I was reading about this, I thought, you know, I had never really thought about it, but Frankenstein seems to almost be the, uh, the book to almost be sort of a, an allegory of what was going on in the world. They talk about once you remove the supernatural elements of the monster's creation mm -hmm. and set that aside, the experiences of the creature embody the degradation and suffering of the homeless European poor. While the violent disgust of Frankenstein and everyone else towards him mirrors the utter want of sympathy shown by the most affluent Europeans towards the millions of climate victims suffering hunger, disease, and the loss of their homes and livelihoods. So the creature sort of represents almost like the forgotten poor. Yeah, he's, he's like, treated horribly. He's the archetype of all that. And he's place. not a horrible person. He's not. No. But he also lashes out like the people of Europe do when they get hungry are treated poorly. As the creature himself put it, I suffered first from the inclemency of the season, hmm. but still more from the barbarity of man. Hmm. So maybe Shelley was on to something with her, uh, her writing. Later, they went into Italy and were holed up again because of rain, <laughs> lots and lots of rain. Uh, what does he say? Lord Byron says, it was a direful summer consisting of stupid mists, stupid fogs, <laughs> stupid rains, and perpetual density. Stupid 1816. <laughs> In that litany of poor weather, however, one depressing day stood out, a celebrated dark day on which the fowls went to roost at noon and the candles lighted as if it were midnight. Wow. And I'm going to leave you with what Lord Byron wrote. I won't read the whole thing, but the opening lines are more than enough to kind of give you an idea of what he might've been thinking about when he wrote them. Uh, the poem is by Lord Byron, George Gordon, if you want to look him up, <laughs> but he's better known as Lord Byron, but he was talking about that day. And this is what he wrote. 
I had a dream, which was not all a dream. The bright sun was extinguished, and the stars did wander darkling in the eternal space. Rayless and pathless in the icy earth swung blind and blackening in the moonless air. Morn came and went, and came and brought no day. And men forgot their passions in the dread of this their desolation, and all hearts were chilled into a selfish prayer for light. There you go. That's that's his view of what was going on. And I think he nailed it. It's it's a it's a beautiful poem, but it turns dark, which is a good name which for a poem a, called Darkness. Yeah, well, <laughs> which is what they were living in. There you go. So the veil is going to be lifted. It's now 2021. We're going to find the light and come out of the darkness. Yeah, we are. And that's the thing. We we have to because his poem had something else as well about the people who didn't step out of the dark, step out of the darkness. And they did live by watchfires and the thrones and the palaces of crowned kings and the huts and habitations of all things which dwell were burnt for beacons. Cities were consumed and men were gathered round their blazing homes to look once more into each other's face. Yeah. Humanity. There you go. Take care of your neighbor, people. Take care of your neighbors. Take Take care care of your loved ones. Give everybody big hugs. Have a wonderful and prosperous 2021. And we will catch you the next time right here at Long in the Boot. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.